The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubale Ogbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den and it is Aloha Friday. I'm Kule Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht. I'm all for tuning in this morning and we've made it through the week. Good job, you guys. Nonetheless, it was a short week, so I hope you still had a good week or enjoying your New Year's. It did feel a bit empty still on the road so maybe or I guess school's not back yet huh I think school goes back next week so enjoy it while it lasts everybody but my drive-in today was very calm and I had just missed the like right when I was about to cross that intersection that we love so much Paul over here that the light will take long the light had just turned yellow as I was crossing so I did not get stuck I just missed just it that it. Lilia intersection where you're like oh no I'm gonna hit it but it's okay I made it and the roads are calm the weather is beautiful the trees oh man this is golf weather and it's the Sony Open next week too there's just so much going on Obviously, there's a lot going on in University of Hawaii sports where we had a couple of days ago, we had the men's volleyball, uh, you know, serve up the beginning of their season. And then we had women's basketball return home after like a month away uh, with a huge win last night, which we will talk about coming up in the show. Men's basketball on the road got the win as well. And then tonight you have men's volleyball again, taking on Loyola Chicago and then women's basketball tomorrow against CSUN, which we will get to all of the details and more coming up on the show. But for this Friday and final week of the NFL, I want to start off with some NFL talk because, you know, Paul was like yelling at me when we were ending the show yesterday <laughs> that how do you not yelling. give me, how do you give me 45 seconds to yeah, talk that was, that was about me yelling, the NFL? <laughs> yeah, he was so angry that I did not give him enough time even though like his team has been eliminated from the playoffs a long time ago who cares about football (laughs) can't we talk about the social and economic state of the world right now Uh, speaking of actually I'll save that for our UH discussion (laughs) Uh, staying on track here it is Aloha Friday though so we'll we'll see what happens let's get weird we don't know what's gonna happen first Aloha Friday of the year yeah so you already talked about it it's been a perfect perfect lead up to the day we got winning on the line and HPU is winning too. Uh, it's just been beautiful so far. But uh, let's see. Let's hope some of your NFL teams go out the wins this week as it is the last. Oh, that's so tear face emoji. The last regular season weekend of the NFL. Um, as we kind of talked about yesterday, we were going over some of the NFL playoff picture. The Baltimore Ravens do have did clinch the number one overall seed and the first round bye for the AFC. And then on the NFC side, you have the San Francisco 49ers. So we are anticipating a lot of this is this is where it's like, all right, this is it's interesting. I'm always fascinated with like our listening to our VSIN guys where, you know, a lot of players are going to start sitting and so it's like ooh, how do you manage the the betting in this so, situation it's quite it's quite interesting i think the other side of it right where player you have a bunch of players who are looking to reach their season incentives this week right where it's like oh if you get to this catch threshold you get an <laughs> yeah. extra two hundred OBJ posted something about well, that well and there's like a ton of players so i like go through I, 
this makes me sound degenerative. Um, I'll like go through where it's like, okay, for example, Austin Eckler, he needs 110 total yards to get a hundred or a hundred thousand dollar bonus. So like, you know, I, I would look at his prop where I'd be like, Hmm, you know, can I get a, a, a prop that where it's over 95 Austin Eckler total yards? Cause it's like teams and especially players specifically when she, once you get to week 18 and I'm not talking about the players with the incentives, but their teammates mm-hmm. will try and get them to that level if they can. So I always try and I'm like, hmm, if they're making money, can I make a little money off of it too? <laughs> I'm sure that's how a lot of people in, it's so weird. I was going to say a lot of people in Vegas are thinking, but in a lot of people, pretty much half the country right now that can go ahead and get on these props. But like you look at the, so there's two NFL games tomorrow, uh, one between the Steelers and Ravens and then the second game against the Texans and the Colts. So if there's any indication that the Ravens are going to sit like every single person, uh, the Ravens and Steelers, they kick off at 1130. Pittsburgh is favored by three points and they're playing in Baltimore. So that's already the indication that you're like, all right, well, well something's <laughs> that, 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 yeah, but well, I mean, Lamar you, you, won't want, play. you want to keep everyone healthy. You do. You have literally nothing to play for because you already clinched. You got the buy. So why? But it's weird because on the flip side, San Francisco also has the buy. But right now, as it stands, it's they're favored by only four <laughs> over the Rams. But the Rams have something to play for. They have been playing really well down the stretch. And it is kind of like that rivalry type it's of a game. divisional matchup. It'll be fun. I I mean, Sam Darnold's playing in that game for the Niners. So, you know, once again, goes into Brock Purdy resting when you don't have anything to play for, then you're not going to take those chances. And you do see that in even not just number one overall seeds. There have been other teams who are starting to take precautions. I think the Chiefs are locked into the three seed or something along those lines. It wouldn't shock me if Mahomes didn't end up playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon me. Goodness, this is twice this week. It's um, it's an interest. Week 18 is always interesting. Yeah, so here's a couple of the scenarios. Probably one of the more important games that a lot of I know Hawaii fans will have their eye on is the game between the Dolphins and the Bills, I know that hurts Paul's heart just a little bit because we thought we would see the Jets in this type of situation. But nonetheless, here we are. So this is a big game because the winner of this game will lock up that number two seed and will host the number seven seed. As we know, home field advantage is very important, not only for the team, but also for the bottom line. There you go. You can make a lot more money for the powers that be. And so that will be an important game to keep your eye on. Uh, if if you're wanting to watch it, it it will be the lone game on Sunday. So it's the Sunday night football game. And I know they'll get a lot of eyeballs. Buffalo, they're playing in Miami. However, Buffalo is the two and a half point favorite right now. So uh, Tua Tango Vailoa, obviously, he's played in big moments. But this, hands down, will be a big moment as well. Not sure where Tyree kills like mental space is at. Fortunately, uh, everyone was safe and got out of his house where it did suffer significant burns, but he'll be, you know, at least able to play, but that will be a fun game to watch. And like I said, I don't know, fun. Is it going to be fun for you, Paul? Um, yeah. 
I'll I'll say it. <laughs> uh, I I enjoy football. I think yeah. it'll be a really fun football game in general. And jokes aside, you know, aside from the pain of being a Jets fan, I got over the pain of what this season most likely was going to be four snaps into it. Um, on this end, you get two teams who are in- enjoying incredible stories of mm-hmm. seasons. Where, I mean, you mentioned Tyreek Hill, and obviously, thankfully, everybody is safe from that situation. But he goes into this weekend, I think, less than 250 yards away from breaking the single-season receiving uh, record. That's something to look at as well, where you have your MVP candidate wide receiver with the division on the line with, like you mentioned, the number two seed on the line. And, I mean, the Bills, you want to talk about a team who needs this, the Bills... If they don't win this, they go from potentially winning the AFC East to not making the playoffs at all. It's 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 going to be a really exciting game. I'm glad it's the standalone game. And the Bills have been one of the hottest teams in all of football, and the Dolphins have probably the most exciting offense on the gridiron. So, I don't know. It's going to be fun to see. Yeah, and the crazy thing, or the... Unfortunate that that would be for the team that loses this game. As we keep saying, the winner will host and have that number two seed. The only time they'll have to travel is when, if and when they have to play Baltimore. Um, But at the same time, if Baltimore loses, then they automatically are next to be hosts that AFC championship game. But anyways, whoever loses, because Kansas City is the third seed, they could potentially be the ones to travel to Kansas City. And I know... We've been talking about like they're not the same team. They the worst wide wide receivers. But if there's any team that you can anticipate to potentially be a way better team that we've seen in the regular season, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs. As we, it's kind of like how Paul and I have been talking about like we don't bet against like Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. I don't bet against Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey 100% healthy. And that defense. They still have a pretty solid defense. And as we've seen, defense can get you all the way to the Super Bowl. So if you're Miami or Buffalo, you yes, you want to host. But another part of it is like you don't want to have to go play at Kansas City because that would be your ultimate fate should you lose this game. So, again, the lone game on Sunday, Miami and Buffalo. And we mentioned Kansas City in the AFC has locked up that third seed. The fourth seed will be the AFC South champion. So it could be Jacksonville or the Houston Texans or Indy Colts winner. And they will host the Cleveland Browns who are at locked up the fifth seed. Sixth seed, like we said, could be Miami or Buffalo, but also Jacksonville, Indy, Houston or Steelers. So it's like that's still all over the place, but they will play at Kansas City, and then the seventh seed, uh, either Buffalo could fall all the way to the seventh seed as well, Jacksonville, Indy, Houston, or Pittsburgh, and they will play at the number two seed, whoever wins that one. So a lot of different scenarios still on the line for this final weekend of the NFL regular season. Yeah, five different teams vying for those final three playoff positions in the AFC. The Bills... We mentioned it, the Bills still fighting for their playoff lives uh, while still fighting for the division that Tech, I believe it's Texans-Colts playing on Saturday, right? That's, I don't want to say for the division, but it's as close to for the division as it can possibly be. You have the Colts, Texans, and Jaguars all sitting at 9-7, and so 
somebody in that mess, unfortunately, likely to be out of the playoffs. And the Steelers, under Mike Tomlin, still alive. I mean, my Hence goodness. why they're favored to win against a Baltimore team that's going to sit everyone, including potential MVP in Lamar Jackson. So Pittsburgh has something to play for, and the Ravens don't. So It would be interesting if the Steelers were to sneak into the playoffs and they ended up being, like, because the Ravens ended up sitting people and the Steelers end up being the ones to knock out the Ravens come, you know, a couple oh of weeks down gosh. the line. Like, just... Just one of those type of wow. full circle stories where there are a ton of storylines that not just have been set up for this weekend, but could also set up for really fun playoffs. Also, um, like you mentioned, it's really hard for me to bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in the playoffs. So it is exceptionally important for all of these other teams who are vying for supremacy in the AFC to have home field because... Arrowhead gets loud in January, mm-hmm. and all it takes is the Chiefs getting hot for a month, and all of a sudden they're Super Bowl champs back to back. So, you want to you want to keep them under wraps as long as you possibly can. Yeah. All right. So that is the NFC or AFC, excuse me, and some of the scenarios to look out for this weekend. Got to step aside, but when we come back, we will give you the breakdown of all of the scenarios in the NFC on Wake Up in the Den. Girl, you must let me know. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Back in effect, This one for the ladies. Run it. love it. Shout out Rebel Soldiers. Shout out Waipahu. Ayo, 94 block. Yes. <laughs> Represents. That's who I gotta get. I keep every time I run into him, I always tell him like, "You should come on my show." Actually, it would be perfect if the Steelers make it because he's a Steelers fan. I'm talking about Bubba, who is part of Rebel Soldiers, my good friend from Hanabata days, Hanawai Elementary. Hey yo, hey yo. <laughs> um, but that'd be a fun conversation. I'm trying to think of like that's a that's part of the New Year's list of goals is like trying to think of a new. Uh, hopefully nobody steals this idea, but, um, <laughs> trying to think of like a new, like podcast to try to, cause everyone loves music and everyone, no, maybe not, not, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people love sports and I think it would be fun to find a lot of the local like musicians that also love sports. Like I said, Bubba, I know he's like a huge Steelers fan and like try to, interview them about like their music but also their fandom and their affinity for certain teams here and especially in Hawaii because it's it's for it's interesting to hear people's stories about why they are fans of certain teams because we all know the only like we only have one division one team and then we don't have any other professional teams so I don't know put that on the list of to do in 2024 as we are going through it in January. All right, but back to the NFL. We went through the AFC and now it's the NFC our uh, San Francisco 49ers as we mentioned earlier, they do have they clinched the number 1 seed and have that first round by uh looking at the other scenarios though, there it is all over the place. <laughs> other than that, unlike the AFC, there are a couple of other there are like 3 out of the 7 seeds are locked in no matter what. But looking at the NFC, it's just word vomit all over the place. So the two seed could be Dallas, Philadelphia, or Detroit. 
and obviously they'll host the seventh seed. But then on the flip side, on the, the number three seed could be Dallas, Philadelphia, or Detroit, <laughs> depending on how things shape up this weekend. And they will host the number six seed. Uh, and taking a look at who the Cowboys play, they have one of those anything can happen type of games as they do play the Commanders on the road. You can hear that right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Uh, obviously, the Commanders technically have nothing to play for as they were eliminated, eliminated a long time ago. They got yeah. the number two pick to play hey, for. That's, or to not play for? Whatever you want to call it, <laughs> that's what's on the line for the Commanders. Mm, I guess I think that's important, too. I don't know. We got Bears got the number for one fans, seed. So, for yeah. fans, it's important. Uh, Dallas is <laughs> double-digit favorite, favored by 13 over the commanders and you could have said 30 right there and i would have believed you like i I really would have believed you because the like you said cowboys do have something to play for this weekend and the commanders not only do they stink um but they don't don't really have a win to play for so yeah like i said you could have said 30 right there i would have believed you that's interesting yeah it's it's a big line but (laughs) i see it some of the smaller lines though that we'll see are the lions will host the vikings you know divisional game and anything can happen detroit only favored by three and a half hopefully you know the lions are looking to bounce back from that interesting ending (laughs) Who's Minnesota even starting at quarterback now? It feels like they just flip-flop, 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 flip-flop every single year. I think they're back to Nick Mullins now after being with Jaron Hall the last couple of weeks. I think it is Mullins. I think you're right. And before that, they made the trade, obviously, for Josh Dobbs. That flopped really quickly. It was great for a week and a half. Yeah, because usually when you see that type of trade, you don't see the drop-off until maybe three weeks. But that was, was like crash two. and burn, like really, really fast for the Vikings, which, hey, then fine with team, me. <laughs> another team that really is crash and burn fast, though, they they had such a great start this season. You mentioned the Eagles there, who uh, it looked like they were going to be the number two seed all throughout the year. And then they go on this, what is it, a three-game skid now mm-hmm. where they drop into the five seed and it's they're either going to be a wild card or they're going to be the number two seed, I guess maybe number three seed, uh, theoretically, because the the Lions could move up still. But it's, oh man, you want to talk about a team, uh, shout out to our Darnell Arsenault, who I'm sure has been struggling through this final month of the season. Me too, brother. <laughs> Me too. And the Eagles do play the Giants. Philadelphia favored by five and a half. Philadelphia, though, is another one just like the Chiefs. You know, I expect them to turn it on or go to a different level when the playoff starts but I do love and we've mentioned this throughout the back half of the season I do love the parity that we're seeing in the NFL you have the you know both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year that are not the top seeds and getting that first round by so it's nice to see a change and anything can happen type of scenario on the NFC side. Uh, the four seed on the in the NFC will be the NFC South champion. So that could be either the Buccaneers or the Saints Falcons winner. And they will host the number five seed, which, as we mentioned, could flip from anything. You could end up being a two or go all the way down to a five being the Cowboys or Eagles. And they will play at the NFC South champion. Six seed could be a bunch of... <laughs> different things uh the rams the packers the seahawks the saints or buccaneers and then obviously they'll play at the three seed and the seventh seed could be the rams packers seahawks saints buccaneers or the vikings 
and they will play at the two seed. So for all of my fellow NFC people out there, there is just a whole lot that is going to go down this weekend. And I love it because I don't have to stress. I just have to stress about whether or not my team will make the right decision come NFL draft time. But other than that, I can simply enjoy all the reckoning that will happen this weekend <laughs> in the NFL. And like Paul said, you know, should the Steelers, depending on where they end up, if they end up in the playoffs and meet the Rams where the Rams almost gifting them into the playoffs and oh my gosh that is just pure poetry i love it paul i love thinking of that sometimes i i have a general good idea here and there i do i will ask you this i think i know the answer um especially with the number one pick locked up there's a game this weekend that the bears play co you might you might know the team they play this this green bay (laughs) team did you say cheese where if the Bears were to win, it all but knocks the Packers out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But then again, the Bears also could lose and still continue to fight for a second top eight pick overall. Would you prefer that? Or is this, you know, now that you have the number one seed, or pardon me, seed, number one pick locked up, you know, would it be nice to kind of end off the season on this hot streak? You know, the Bears have enjoyed a nice second half to the year. Justin Fields starting to solidify himself as an NFL quarterback. Should it be in Chicago or somewhere else later on? That's another conversation for another day. Is this a win that you that you want? You know, it's a little little fun bragging rights over our Kyle Galdera to, uh, to knock his team out of the playoffs? Oh, yeah. that is my answer we are going to go in there and they play at Lambeau Justin Fields obviously has something to play for he's playing essentially for his job to prove that he belongs in Chicago and should be the quarterback of the future so the Bears very much have a lot to play for and again they already locked up the number one pick in the NFL draft yes if they were to lose they could be potentially higher with that second pick in the first round being their own pick but no this is like this is the Packers in Lambeau every single Bears fan like if if there's a Bears fan out there that will be like nah we want our pick to be a little higher so it's okay that we lose then they should get their fan card revoked because we all want to go in there and kick the Okole out of Jordan Love and the pack especially if it means knocking them out of the playoffs like that's just like the the icing on the cake because if you're the bears you could potentially be the one nfc north team left out of the playoffs because the vikings could sneak still sneak in and then the packers sneak in and you're gonna tell me that they want to be the only team that does not make it in no thank you so let's go bears Spoilers of week 18. See, I like want I my said, Jets, reckoning want my this Jets Sunday. to spoil a little bit differently. I'm fine with a loss for the Jets, just so the P- Patriots don't pick in the top three. But Ooh. that's that's another conversation, once again, for another day. That's, that can go for our draft side of things. But yeah, six teams in the hunt for two spots that are left um, over in the NFC. The Falcons and Vikings gripping to their playoff hopes for all that it is worth uh each of them even with a win the vikings like an 11 percent chance to make the playoffs would need a lot to happen the falcons sitting at seven and nine would also need the uh, pardon me the saints to to lose who sit in front of them already not to mention you got the buccaneers so 
lot of lot of movement that still can happen. The Rams not exactly safe in that six Mm-mm. seed. Um, so I, both sides plenty to watch for this weekend and will be. I'll I'll say it. It'll will be a fun final regular season weekend in the NFL. And then we get NFL playoffs next weekend. So it's funny because this is, it's like every year, because as I mentioned earlier, next week is the Sony Open in Hawaii happening at Wailai Country Club. And we like to go out there. I like to go out, walk the course, follow some golfers, you know, eat some good food, drink some beverages. Have a good time. Have a good time. It's like the best thing ever. I always tell people. Um, But... (laughs) It's just, I always tell this story, and I don't know if I've ever told it on the show before. Possibly. I don't know. Well, I'm telling you again. The funny thing about going to the Sony Open is how they took away all the TVs in the boxes now because everyone wants to watch the football game. And if you guys have ever been to professional golf events, uh, you can't make noise, like, ever. So sometimes a lot of the fans that go to the Sony Open are obviously more of football fans than they are golf fans so they're not paying attention to where the golfers are and they're just looking at the tv in the skybox and because it's playoff football going on and it's just like noise they had to take the tvs away and it, it's become a whole thing i think they've since brought some tvs back in some of the skyboxes but it, it was just funny with like how getting in trouble funny. so much because people just are like huh oh there's golf going on but there's like playoff football going on so nobody really cares but either way go bears by the way for all go of all of you beautiful bears. people that are listening right now because you care so much that game is at 11:25 kickoff <laughs> you're rooting for the bears for our kulaog by yes me. just know that so we can knock out Kyle Galdaris Packers he's <clears throat> he's seen enough success exactly and it's our year next year for the Bears. I always tell man uh, when it's that Bears <laughs> Jets Super Bowl next year. Well, so uh, Spectrum Sports is Canole. He is a Detroit Lions fan, and he always like whenever we hang out, he always talks about like the Lions. And I'm like, just enjoy your this last year while you have because the Bears will Coming. be kings of the North again. So, and of course, he'll just roll his eyes at me. But I'm just speaking it. I'm manifesting here because they're going to do. Whatever the right decision will be with that number one overall pick or trade back a couple of spots and, you know, get a king's ransom for it. I don't know. Anyways, when we come back, we will change it up and go to all of your University of Hawaii sports happening this week on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuale Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Every little thing's going to be all right. Here we are, 2024. Happy Aloha Friday. Mahalo for tuning in this and every weekday morning on Wake Up in the Den and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Be sure to follow us at High Sports Radio on our social media handles. Did a lot. We were we were out there supporting, doing our part to support this Rainbow Wahine basketball team last night. And boy, did they show up and show out first game at home in about a month. 
that they've been away and they came out with a bang for New Year's 67-43 over Cal State University Bakersfield. And they, I mean, the Roadrunners pretty much had no chance. First quarter, Hawaii 21-5 in the first quarter. Second quarter score 15-9. So didn't even let them score in double digits. That's how rock solid their defense was. And what a way to return home. But before we uh, break down the game, here is what head coach Laura Beeman and a couple of players you'll hear at the end include with uh, that you'll hear, including Deja Phillips and Viv Barrett. So here they are. You know, I think it's nice when you come out in the first quarter and play the way we did. You know, defensively and offensively, I thought we were clicking pretty good. Uh, we got up and down the floor fast, and that was fun to see. Uh, too many turnovers, too many O-boards um, for, for Bakersfield. That's a good team. You know, I think we just kind of took the wind out of them early, you know, uh, not allowing them uh, double-digit points for the first two quarters. Third and fourth, we need to just continue to grow our game and continue to stay consistent. But we shot the ball pretty well, um, shared a lot of minutes, and uh, we just gotta kind of keep pushing along. We have a good team coming in here on Saturday. Coach, it uh, seemed like they're excited to be back on that home court. I mean, 21-5 in the first quarter. What just maybe impressed you the most about that opening 10 minutes? The opening 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the excitement to come out and, and want to kind of um, kind of lower the boom a little bit. Uh, you know, we felt it. I felt it in the locker room. They were excited. They were ready to play. They wanted to be back on their home court practices this week. Have been very, very good. They're locked in. Uh, we've seen some good growth in practice on some of the adjustments that we need to make. So to see them transfer that onto the court, uh, particularly in the first and second quarter, were nice. Um, it's still very, very early in conference. Uh, so you know, winning on the road is really hard. And so I know what people have to go through traveling here. Um, but yeah, they were they are excited to be back in, in the stand chair and play in front of their family and their friends. The way the team was sharing the ball today, especially in the first half, um, how much uh, does the team um, strive for that kind of outing on offense? Um, I mean, we want to celebrate each other all the time, so it's fun when we share the ball with each other. Um, being able to feed our posts and then our posts feed our guards inside out, it's fun. And then hitting the threes or you know, Viv, <laughs> getting those boards and putting them back in, it, it's fun and makes the game <laughs> go. Um, it's also just like always getting like that one more pass because we're looking for the best shot possible. So it's either if you don't have it, someone else is going to have it. Um, it's fun to like see everyone else succeed. And that was UH Women's Basketball Head Coach Laura Beeman, along with players Deja Phillips and Vivian Barrett. Uh, Lily Wahine Kapu led the scoring with 15. But as we mentioned, and Paul and I were talking off air, when I, uh, before Laura went into the post game and I got a chance to, you know, just say hi and uh, show our support for this program. Uh, <laughs> even though it was a blowout win against 67 43, and, and Laura giving a lot of props to Bakersfield, you know, mentioning that it is difficult to win on the road and whatnot but I mean she you can just tell like she expects even even when you look at the final score she still expects more from her team uh, and it'll all come together as you go through as she mentioned it it's early in the conference schedule right now and they need to play a lot more games but this is a definitely a more than like adequate start for this team as they are now the number three they are now number three in the Big West Conference standings behind UC Irvine and Cal Poly. Uh, but they 
they look awesome. And as you mentioned, they moved the ball around. I did love what I saw from Kelsey Emi. She was just playing insane. Like Hawaii already had a significant lead. And I think part of that also led to her getting that type of confidence where you're not in your mind about, oh my goodness, we're only up by a couple of points where I need to, we need to make sure we get a score. She was playing just, she was balling. Like she was taking like dribble drive all the way through the back to the basket herself. She was so entertaining to watch. So I definitely want to mention uh, Kelsey Emi. Only box score, only four points to her name, but if you were there watching, it'd be one of those like, are you not entertained? She was so incredible to watch, you know, a couple of assists as well. But this team was very, very fun. They just move the ball. They shoot when they need to shoot. Uh, Brooklyn Roars, I always talk about her so much and just her basketball IQ under the basket and this very complimentary basketball from this team and I'm so looking forward to the rest of the season and what they will put together. I'm glad you bring up a few few different gals right there. Brooklyn Roars, just a calming presence at yeah. all times for UH it seems like whenever they need a bucket, whenever they need somebody to just make a play, block a shot, mm-hmm. grab a big defensive rebound, get an extra opportunity on the offensive glass. It seems like she's been that player so far for the Rainbow Wahine. So what a what a phenomenal grab in the transfer portal. So glad she came here getting an opportunity to play, show off her skills and so on and so forth. And then you mentioned Kelsey Umai just four points, but I I'm somebody who is a big believer in plus minus a lot of times. Mm-hmm. At halftime I tweeted it out. She was a plus eleven at the break where she was filling up the stat sheet with points, rebounds, assists, steals And it's the pace at which she plays as well where her stop-go is very impressive. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to guard in the open court, and especially in the half court where she can just kind of stop on a dime and change speeds, gets all the way to the rim. And I've been impressed with her improvement offensively finishing as well, where it's like last year it felt she was getting to the cup. She was getting to the rim. But the finish was not necessarily always... A guarantee whereas mm-hmm. this year it feels much more I, I have the confidence of oh she just blew by her defender that's two points for us and to have that as your reserve point guard your backup point guard your depth piece it, I mean it was something we talked about before the season even began where the the pure depth of this UH women's basketball team was going to be impressive and people might have thought we were crazy after you know, a, a tough non-con schedule going three and six and yada, yada. Two pretty convincing wins mm-hmm. to open up Big West play behind a bunch of different characters in each game. And that's what's important. And that's why I bring up what we said about the depth where there are so many different girls on any given night, so many young women on any given night. Lily Wahine Kapu was the seventh different player this season to lead UH in scoring for a game think about that they've played 11 games (laughs) they've almost had a different leading score in every single one of them that is depth and that is talking about a championship team who won through 15 won through 17 won through 18 however big the roster is you look at it and you feel confident where you're like on any given night I know all of our women are ready to go and can put up numbers. They all know they're there for a reason and they're ready to give back to the rest of the team. And that's why you see them 
quickly rising in the Big West rankings and standings after a, like I've mentioned so many times, really hard schedule to begin the year. Well, and then Deja Phillips, we mentioned it earlier in the week, she did not play in that game against Fullerton. Hawaii comes out with the win. We go all the way back to the non-conference schedule when Lily Wahine Kapu did not play in that game against Santa Clara, and yet Hawaii was very, very competitive in that game. So yes, you talk about the depth. I love that Hawaii was able to put up or get this significant type of lead because then you can get, uh, you know, as we mentioned, Vivian Barrett, happy birthday again to her. It was her birthday yesterday, putting up the seven points. But normally in close games, it would be majority Brooklyn. We wouldn't see a lot of Viv. She still has a lot more uh, to mature and to kind of get her to get to a level like Brooklyn Rewards. However, however, it's perfect when in this situation where you can put her in to get her these real in-game reps because that's the only way she's going to get better. Yes, you get better to a certain extent in practice, but you need to get that game time experience. So I'm. it's nice to have this type of game for the Rainbow Wahine where you can put someone in like a Vivian Barrett and get her in Jade Peacock. A lot of the bench players that are not named Kelsey Emai, Ashley Toms, and Deja Phillips, who are the very veteran players that come off the bench. So it's good to see. You guys have to come out and support this team. They are winners. They're back-to-back Big West Tournament champions. They're a fun team to watch. It's fun basketball. Yeah, we see Caitlin Clark, Iowa, you know, LSU. That's fine. That like it's it's still bringing up women's basketball, but it needs to start here, you guys. We need to come out and support this team. I want to see you guys out on Saturday uh, or tomorrow. They will debut their retro jerseys. They had that. Like come out tomorrow night at seven. They play CSUN. We want to support this basketball team. I know, and I actually, when I was talking to Craig on the side, he, and I know we're, we talk about it all the time, but clearly not everyone is listening to this show where some, even he was like, oh, I wonder if people get a little turned off because they just, if they don't play pay close attention, they see the non-conference record and that's the three and six and they're like, oh man, we're not that good. You know, like, why are we going to go out? Obviously, on this show, we tell you exactly what's going on and why Laura Beeman does what she does. But, and that could be part of it. People are looking at only the record. But everyone that listens to this show, tell your friends, let's come out, support. It's cheap. The tickets are cheap. It's general admission. You can sit anywhere. You can sit close to the court. Literally, the only tickets that are reserved are the courtside seats. You can sit as close to the court as you possibly want. Come out and support this squad. There's local players on this team. I know a lot of people want to support local players. There's no excuse. There is no excuse. Come out. I'm a very positive person. You know, you guys know this show to be very positive. I was really frustrated last night with the attendance, not because of anything other than it's too empty. I hear from fans on social media far too often. I hear from fans in person how you want to root for a winner. You want to root for a winner. You have a winner. You have an elite team in this women's basketball team. And when I say that, I mean the way they play is elite. Mm -hmm. You look at the way I just said it. Seven different players had the ability to lead this team in scoring through 11 different games. That's hard to do. Go support these young women. Especially because I was sitting here thinking last night as well. Because we we chatted about this where it was like, well... We need we need to see a higher attendance for women's basketball games, especially. And I was like, why what what is the difference between men's and women's basketball? Is it is it the dunks? 
Because then I got there sitting there thinking, how many dunks do you really see in a men's basketball game in college? Yeah. Is it two, three, maybe four? Well, and between and the two teams. Don't get me wrong. We obviously love the men's basketball team as well. No, they but they they're deserve not to get exactly fans there too. But for fans, I remember they're not exactly a team that consists of the AC Carter and Alika Smith days, right? Like that team, I can understand. Like, oh my gosh. Fans want to see that style and that excitement of basketball. So I get it. This team, the men's team, is a different makeup. They win. They won on the road yesterday as well. But the styles and the differences aren't really that different. So I get what you're trying to say. And you're right. Like, this is the women's team. They play beautiful basketball. And That's they win. My thing. They yeah. play great basketball. They share it so well. They play hard on defense. Fundamentally, they are so, so sound, both defensively, offensively. Anything you could possibly want from a basketball team, that's what these Rainbow Wahine give you. It is an absolute travesty and disservice for these young women that more fans don't make their way out, especially because, like you said, Koo, it's general admission. The tickets are cheap. They deserve to be supported the way that, I mean, God, they're back-to-back Big West champions, and this... I don't want this whole rant to go on and be like, well, oh, well, we shouldn't support the men then because they're not back-to-back Big West. No, no, no. You should go out to their game too. But guess what, guys? It was Thursday night at 6 p.m. It wasn't even too late. There needs to be yeah. more fans I sitting really in the stands. I actually really did like that 6 p.m. time. I'm like, ooh, I like this. I was home by 8.30. Yeah, I love this. I could, oh, my gosh. I could go on and all day. Yeah. This hey, whole thing. You know what? If you guys please. are listening and- I'm going to buy you guys some tickets if you want. Like just, it's just text come enjoy. text in 8088885481 if you have like a family of 5 and I will like treat you to come and watch women's basketball tomorrow as they take on CSUN at 7 o'clock at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Go ahead. Like <sighs> I like I want to so, like encourage people to support this program and especially as we go into the new year and fill the stands and let us go viral. Like stop giving Iowa all of the eyeballs. Nothing against Caitlin Clark. I do love her. But still, let's take care of our home team first and let's do our own thing supporting our winning team. Anyways, we can go on forever. I was like, going to say. Like Paul said. All right. I'm sorry. We, we're way up against the clock. <laughs> Got to step aside. When we come back, we will wrap it up with a smidget of men's basketball and men's volleyball talk next on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuale Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kuule Ogbayani and Paul Brecht talking some UH basketball. As we mentioned, women came out with the bang. Huge win over Cal State University Bakersfield. Tomorrow night, they play CSUN at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center for Retro Jersey Night, which looked pretty sweet. Check it out on our social media if you have not seen it already. But uh, on the continent, the men's team did come out with a win as well over Bakersfield. Also, 78-67. Kind of a little nerve-wracking, but uh, it is always difficult to win on the road in conference. So I do... I always on have to, blue courts. On blue courts. I always need to remind myself about that because like about winning on the road because it was getting a little frustrating and Paul and I were texting in the beginning of the game like oh my gosh this Bakersfield team is like awful (laughs) they're bad and yet Hawaii was almost like letting them stay in the game which was getting really frustrating to watch like just the stuff that you know we've 
been seeing, I mean, 15 turnovers. Like, that is not okay (laughs) that we can do. So things like that that get a little frustrating. Uh, However, you know, got a lot on the boards, 35 total rebounds, out-rebounding Bakersfield. So there, there were a lot of good things. But this Bakersfield team, Hawaii is so much better. So I'm happy that they came out with this win to move to one and one in conference against 78-67. You had Jovan McClanahan having a good game this time where we when he was playing at home, we got used to seeing him as more of the just running the offense as he does, being the playmaker that he is. And but this time finally able to put up some points. So leading the scoring with 19, followed by Justin McCoy and Bernardo da Silva with 18 points a piece but a win is a win and we will take it yeah at the end of the day they started to show us the Bose team that we expect I mean in this one they go up by over 20 held that 20 point lead for a large portion of the the middle section of the game and mm-hmm. then obviously Bakersfield comes back starts to fight back a little bit in that second half and as they should they're playing at home there's pride playing on your home court and so on and so forth but Hawaii ends up closing it out snaps a three-game losing streak that had a lot of people panicked and now all of a sudden they have a big time game tomorrow and that's where a lot of questions are going to start to be answered I think because CSUN is a team who has really surprised a lot of people to start off this season in the men's realm of college basketball where they've started off unbeaten to begin Big West play. They had a nice non-con schedule. Last year, just a reminder, they really, really struggled in the Big West especially. That's why it's crazy to see this quote-unquote turnaround. It's still early, but a turnaround nonetheless. Well, I was going to say, I I mean... Bad job by me. I don't know their record off the top of it in my head, but it's only, I think they've They're lost three or 11 four. 11-3. I was going to say, they've only lost three or four times to begin the year so far. So it was, it, they have a, a, another big one coming, or coming tomorrow. So it was important to grab this win. It was important for some guys to get back on track. You mentioned Javon McClanahan, who really struggled, especially down the stretch uh, against Fullerton before the, the year flipped. And then in this one, comes out, really led them through half and then helped them close it out through that second half. Noel Coleman, not the best shooting day, just 2 of 10 from the field. He still ends up in double digits, four different Bose starters and in double figures, which is mm-hmm. something you like to see. Bernardo da Silva, perfect from the field. Justin McCoy continues to be that piece in that starting lineup that just kind of connects everything between the front court and the backcourt kind of given the inside and outside presence, being able to knock it down from three and also bang down low while rebounding. So starting to figure it back out again. Don't love the 15 turnovers. That's something you really like to see. And it's something that the Bows themselves, they've talked about. It's unacceptable, and they want to clean up as it goes forward. That's something they need to do come Saturday against CSUN. And that's the thing, right? The 15 turnovers, but fortunately Bakersfield isn't the highest quality of a basketball team so they were only able to score 12 points off of the turno- those turnovers however when you're looking at playing a team like CSUN 
you need to take care of the basketball because they are going to take full advantage of that. But Hawaii shooting, at least for the most part, getting a little bit more back on track, uh, shooting 54% from the field, uh, 8 for 19 from 3. And this is the big one that we've been harping on. At least we're able to be 22 for 31 from the charity stripe because that was getting definitely frustrating where come on you guys you got to at least make your free throw so 70% or 71% to be exact from the free throw line is a is more than ideal of what we at least want to see when you mix in you know it's some of your bigs that are are shooting those free throws but CSUN as we mentioned they have a couple of uh, wins including or huge wins including one against UCLA right now they are third in the Big West Conference standings behind Irvine and D- UC Davis who are both 3 and 0 uh who they've beaten so far in conference they won at Cal Poly 83-73 and then at Long Beach State 84-68 who Long Beach is so- a team that we're kind of accustomed to being a lot more competitive and now this will be their first home game of the conference season as they get set to host Hawaii. Really, really fun year ahead for the Big West in men's basketball and women's basketball as well. Also a fun year ahead in men's volleyball, who they are back in action again tonight against Loyola Chicago. I'll be out there for uh, all you beautiful people if you want to Say hello as well. Yeah, we'll all be out there. Michael Escaro, our newest team member, will be out there. We have the whole team out at women's basketball. Again, this is us. We're showing support for women's basketball. So we had the whole team out there last night. Be sure to go to hawaiisportsradio.com to see our photos by Michael Escaro and the recap by our Paul Brecht. And the three of us will also be out tonight. We'll see if the crazy twin comes out for men's volleyball uh, tonight. And then Paul and I will definitely be at women's basketball tomorrow. So we hope to see everyone at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Have a great weekend for Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.